Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up everybody and happy Friday if you are listening to this at the time it airs. Johnny and I are here. We're going to talk about Genesis 34 and uh, if you haven't read this chapter yet, it's a doozy. Yeah. You know, every now and then you come across a chapter in the Bible it's hard to make sense of and some gross and sad um, kind of actions that have taken place. And this is one of those chapters. So I, when I read this chapter, what comes to my mind is crisis, mm. like train wreck. Yeah. I even looked up the definition of crisis. At least one of the definitions I had was an emotionally significant event or radical change of status in one's life. Mm. And I think you could say that is true for almost every single character in this story. Um, it begins by saying, Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom had been born to Jacob, went out to see the women in the land. Verse 2, it says, When Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, the prince of the land, saw her, he seized her, and he lay with her, and he humiliated her. Essentially, he took advantage of her. He raped her. Um, what's What's interesting as I read this is that this chapter has very little to mention of God. Mm. And again, we're reading the verse within the chapter, the chapter within the the book, and the book within the Bible. So that's our framework. Um, But this is just humanity on full display here. There's very little about God and has everything to do with humanity doing what comes natural to it. And whenever we do our own thing without God, and Mm. we do what comes natural to us or what sounds good, other people are hurt. And it it doesn't really go well. People don't thrive. There's not a blessing. It's the exact opposite. So just to set the stage here for you, too, before Johnny and I dive into the actual text, I'm wondering if Jacob did not fulfill an oath to the Lord. If you go back to Genesis 28, 29, he had significant meetings with God at Bethel. And then he left Bethel to go talk to Esau. Mm -hmm. And he was supposed to return to Bethel. And here it says he stops in this area of Shechem. He doesn't go back to Bethel. So I don't know if he is a procrastinator, if he just stopped to take a break for a month or a couple years, but that's problematic for me as I read Genesis and this chapter within the framework of the chapters around it. It seems to me that that Jacob um, did not step back into the place and location where God had called him quickly enough. Again, we don't know why. We don't know why he didn't return to Bethel. But when you look at the people around uh, them, it's it's problematic because these people aren't worshiping God. They're people who are corrupted by the ways of the world. And in this, not only do you see one of Jacob's daughters harmed, but then you see Jacob's sons mm-hmm. act like everybody else around them. Right. And so that's where I'm wondering. Okay, because if you flip the if you flip your Bible to uh, Genesis 35. Verse 1, like tomorrow's reading, it says, God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. And so when you go back to Genesis 28, 29, he left Bethel. He's supposed to go back to Bethel because Jacob made an oath to God there. And now he doesn't. He stops in Shechem and this chapter happens. So, I don't know, Johnny, I'm going to turn it to you right now. What do you what do you think about this? What do you take away? Yeah, it's just a sad moment. Um I think the what stood out to me the most probably was verse 5. Uh, when Jacob heard that his daughter Dinah had been defiled, his sons were in the fields with his livestock, so he did nothing about it until uh, they came home. I mean, 
I, I, I don't know how he was feeling, uh, but just the Bible is just says you know, he didn't do anything. Um, mm -hmm. R.C. Sproul says, um, uh, when we sin against God, we do uh, violence to his holiness. And when we sin against our neighbor, we violate his or her humanity. Hmm. Uh, that's from the essential truths uh, of the Christian faith. Um, so this, this transgression is not only a direct uh, violation of God's law, but uh, when we we also sin each time we fail to do what He says. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's wrong to neglect sharing the gospel and also ignore the 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 troubles of other people, the the plight of the oppressed, uh, or disregard you know, the well-being of our neighbors. And um, I can. I can think of so many times where um, maybe I haven't taken advantage of someone, but I have not helped uh, yeah. somebody who I actually saw being in need. Yeah. So this just made me reflect on my own life, and it's just like, how am I, how am I helping those on the margins? How am I helping the oppressed? Uh, is my heart breaking for them, or am I just cruising through life and uh, in this like sense of omission, basically, of where I'm not really uh, caring for anyone other than. Uh, those directly around me or just myself yeah because um, our, our society society is very like focus on yourself do your own thing yeah as long as you're good you're good <laughs> you know yeah. you don't need anyone else yeah uh, and if someone's struggling it's like oh sorry you should have worked harder or sorry you should have done something different yeah or maybe you sinned and and now it's out to get you kind of thing mm -hmm. um but that's not what it is as god's people uh, as a community of believers, we're there to support each other. We're there to help each other out. Yeah. Um, just last night, that was really cool. Um, one of our kids from Rock, uh, from the high school ministry, shared probably last week or two weeks ago that um, he, his his whole his shoes had holes in them. Um, and then his leader this past um, week, he came with a box of new shoes. No kid. Yeah. And the kid Aww. didn't wait to go home to put them on. He's like stopped where he was at. He put them on right there and then, man, I almost shed a tear. I was, Are you serious? I got all choked up. The kid was so happy tying them on. Uh, but parents picked them up and he he left with his new shoes. So I'm like, that is amazing. That's, that's a great leader caring for a conversation that he had with the student. It yeah. wasn't just like, oh, let me do something nice uh, just to do it. Mm -hmm. But his ears, his eyes were open. He, it wasn't just a conversation, right? Yeah. It was like, I'm going to do something about this. Yeah. And he helped them out. It was awesome. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Cool. Well, kind of piggyback off what you're saying, how God separates himself from the world. Um, the world here, when you look at the Shechem, if you go down to verse 8, his father Hamor is speaking to Jacob and his crew. It says, but Hamor spoke with him saying, the soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him to be his wife. Make marriages with us, etc." So essentially what he's saying is, my son loves your daughter. Mm. The problem with that is love does not take or defile or right. take advantage of. God is a God of blessing. Mm -hmm. God is a God of generosity. God's a God who gives and doesn't take. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about Dina in this passage and this Shechem guy and Hamor, basically like, oh, love is this. No, they have a wrong definition of love. That's lust. Mm -hmm. That's evil. That's sin. That's taking. Love is laying down your life for the well-being of another. Mm -hmm. That's walking in blessing. And like your story, that's the youth leader saying, how can mm -hmm. I put someone else ahead of myself? Yeah. And instead of you know, the temptation of a sin of omission, like not doing something, mm -hmm. I have an opportunity here to step in and bless somebody yeah. with a tangible gift. I think that is so powerful. 
and so good. And so that's what you see here. While God's not explicitly named in this chapter, when you think about who you know God to be up to this point, he's a God who wants to bless. He wants um, them to have offspring, as many as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And he wants to bless the world through them. Mm-hmm. You're blessed to be a blessing. And here you have someone who thinks their son loves a, a woman, and the exact opposite is taking place. It's sad. A huge difference between lust and taking and sacrificial love, which is what God constantly models to us. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Jacob posting up in Shechem and, and staying there instead of getting back to Bethel, when you look at the end of this chapter, that's where I begin to question, I wonder how much of the people of this land and that culture rubbed off on Jacob and his family mm. because of their response. I mean, it's a pretty crazy story yeah. here. So they're, they trick him. Jacob's sons go up to him like, hey, you guys want to be part of our crew? All right, great. Circumcise yourselves, and and then we'll let you be be part of it. Yeah. And so they, they knew what they were doing the whole time. Basically, like, I want you to inflict as much pain mm-hmm. on yourself as possible, <laughs> and then when you can't move, we're going to come kill you. They could have just killed him, yeah. had a little bit more of a fight, but instead they're like, we want you to circumcise yourselves and enjoy that for a couple of days. And- There's all this <laughs> trickery going on always. <laughs> Oh, it's in the DNA. It's in the DNA. But what's interesting, when you read verses 25 through 31, like on the third day when they were sore, two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dina's brothers, took their swords, came against the city when it felt secure, and they killed all the males. So instead of seeking to defend the dignity of, of Dinah, they ended up becoming like the people yeah. that they were hurt by mm-hmm. and caused them a lot of pain. Uh, what's fascinating, too, when you read this within the con- context of Genesis is at the end of this whole book, when it comes to Jacob's blessing of his sons, he skips now Reuben, and then he skips Simeon and Levi because Reuben slept with Jacob's concubines, which that's a whole other story for another time. <laughs> and then and then what Simeon and Levi do here. It doesn't represent Jacob or God. Hmm. And so they get cursed, which is why then it goes to the fourthborn Judah, which is Jesus' family lineage and line. So when you go to the end of this book and you read about Jacob's blessing on his deathbed, Simeon doesn't really get much of the land, or he gets it, but then he assimilates into other families and his name disappears. Hmm. His name's essentially blotted off earth and history. Levi doesn't get any land. They're redeemed, though, because they become the Levites, they become the high priests, their family, then Aaron, etc., becomes those who mm-hmm. administer to the God's people through worship. But there's consequences to their decision. And their consequence not only affects them, it affects generations after them. Yeah. So cool, Simeon and Levi, you guys went and acted out in your anger and you felt good getting revenge. But it doesn't satisfy. It not only harms you, it harms those around you and generations of their family. So we don't get to see that necessarily here in Genesis 34, but in a few chapters when uh, Jacob does pass, you look at his blessing, and this very event causes them to lose Hmm. part of their inheritance and blessing. So, boy, sin catches up to you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, One one of the other things that I wanted to mention is with uh, passages like this, uh, these usually tend to be the ones that like the, the... like deconstructionist people, yeah. like the Christ- those uh, ex-Christians, that's what they call themselves, or like ex-evangelicals. Yeah. Um, th- this is what they used to say, see, like, God is a bad God. Yeah. Like, God, not a, a, the, the good loving God of the Bible would not 
have like rape in a story or would not have like deceit or trickery or yeah. this and that. And I I think it's okay to come with questions to to the scriptures. I think that's very healthy. That's what we should do. Um, but we we can't question God's righteousness and God's integrity. Mm-hmm. Like that's where a line has to be drawn. If you call yourself a believer, if you call yourself a Christian, um, then there's certain like standards and certain. Uh, that's why doctrines and and uh, theological convictions are there yeah. for a purpose. They're not just made up thoughts. There's like it's from the Bible. And it's the way that it was articulated so people could understand it. Um, so while it's okay to struggle with scriptures and mm. say, like, dang, that's rough. Like, how do I deal with this? How do I understand this? And how do I apply it to my life? A passage like uh, Genesis 34, <laughs> For sure. which is, is really weird. Um, but you can't do that at the expense of God's integrity and righteousness. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you read a verse within the chapter, chapter between the book and, and, the, and then the rest of the Bible. It's the same thing with who God is. Yeah. Um, if you struggle with the passage, I would encourage you to look at the bigger, bigger picture of who God is. And God is a God of integrity, a God who never changes, a God who, again, in the whole story of the Bible is for us. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the passages <laughs> that you struggle. And then you're like, all right, how... Does this connect with my view of God? Mm-hmm. Do I think God is a God of love and a righteous God, a God of integrity? Then I can't change that for a passage that I struggle. For sure. The passage that we struggle with has to connect with the other ones and not yeah. the other way around. Because the bigger story of, of Scripture and of the Bible is a God that is righteous and loving and full of integrity that doesn't change and that is for us. So that's something that I learned a little bit later in my life Yeah. that I wish I would have learned earlier. Yeah. Like, I really wish... One of my high school leaders at the time would have told me, like, you should probably have a little more knowledge about who God is and not mm-hmm. just say, God, I love you. God, I love you. Yeah. But come to an understanding of who God is and a God that is for you, full of integrity. And then the passages that you struggle with, they're going to come a little bit easier. You're still going to struggle with them. Yeah. You're still going to question, but you won't question God's integrity. Yeah. And that's where people start getting into trouble. Yeah. When they start questioning God's integrity. Not necessarily struggling with scriptures, you know what I mean? For sure, because in this chapter, just to affirm what you said, Simeon and Levi grossly misrepresent God. Like, God Mm -hmm. doesn't bless this. God's not asking them to do this. What happened to Dina is against Mm -hmm. God's will. It's against his heart. And so God's just, you know, misrepresented. It's like uh, if if one of my children does something at school, let's say they, they punch somebody at school. Hasn't happened yet. Probably happened someday. Who knows? <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it hasn't happened yet. And the teacher comes to me and is like, this is a, a, a mirror of your parenting. You're a terrible parent. You're a crappy dad, Clark, and how could you ever teach your son to do this? I would say, time out. What, he he <laughs> yeah. misrepresented Bobby and I. Yeah. We don't teach our kids to punch people at I, home. I didn't punch anyone and either. I, I, <laughs> and I don't hit them. I don't touch them. You know? What he did was wrong, and, and it's a misrepresentation of who we are, yeah. and he made a mistake, and there's consequences to that. But at the end of the day, you repent, mm-hmm. you come back and say, this is who we are. The same is true in these stories when you look at people do something that, that's not helpful. It's like It's ungodly. They misrepresented God. So don't let God take the fall for something some knucklehead did yeah. when he didn't want him to do it. Um, and the same is true for you and me. Every day we do things that misrepresent God, and that's where the gift of repentance and confession mm-hmm. comes in. So awesome. Johnny, thanks for taking time this week. Yeah, Hitting course. up Genesis 30, 32, 34, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, hey, by the time people are, uh, are listening to this, I'm going to be at the beach at my, my cousin's wedding. Uh, sipping on a uh, pina colada, so there you go. I'll be listening with you guys. Where, where, uh, where's the wedding? We're gonna uh, San Carlos in Mexico. Oh, nice. So we'll get to travel. 
we're we're still trying to teach uh, my daughter Olivia to wear a mask. Yeah, because she has to wear it at the airport, and it's not happening, man. She cries. I don't. I don't know how to do well, it. Well, when is, when is the uh, uh, in next week? Okay, the Senate just passed the um, mandate though to cancel masks for travel and for oh, airports cool. and airplanes. So Olivia Ooh. might be off I the hook. So. I have no idea the timeline of it all, but for little Let's kids, see. I can get that be pretty. Or tough. Maybe we'll just have snacks so that TSA can't tell us anything because <laughs> she's eating. Just you know, stick a French fry in her mouth and have her hold so it for we'll, a couple we'll, hours. I don't want her. I don't want to be that parent that has a crying kid. You know, for sure. Yeah, I have Charlotte myself a lot and those parents i'm always like man you stay home well what's funny is like we're, gonna we're be the, that, the, the judgmental yeah. like shut your kid up i'm trying to read my book here now we're them now I'm like, gonna be oh, that shame guy, yeah. on me for all those years of judging people and now here i am with that's right five kids and they're wrecking everyone else's trip oh god have mercy awesome dude. Well, that's, hey, what you, that's what you got the rv right just pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> drive. we're gonna stick to the road um when gas prices drop yeah <laughs> right. all right everybody well thanks for tuning into the podcast and uh thanks johnny again for chiming in here and yeah, for sure we pray you meet the lord in genesis in the midst of the difficult chapters here all right you're loved god's got good plans for you and as always you're invited to church on sunday hope to see you then Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.